Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where economic developers from across the country spill their secrets to our host, Nicole D'Souza. You'll hear firsthand accounts from economic developers in the trenches, from what works to what doesn't work, how deals come together or how deals go bad. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. My name is Paul Shuren, and regular listeners of this podcast are already asking themselves, where is Nicole? Well, Nicole, who normally hosts this show, made a big career move recently, so it's all good news for Nicole. As many of you know, uh, Nicole was studying for her certification, and in March, she passed the exam. So big congrats to her on that, number one. And uh, shortly after gaining her certification, she got an amazing job offer and ultimately has moved on from Impact Data Source. I worked with Nicole pretty closely for over five years, so it's been a, a big bummer for me on a personal side, but uh, ultimately I'm really happy for her. Um, be sure to find Nicole on LinkedIn to stay connected with her. Uh, but the show must go on here with Economic Development Secrets. So as I mentioned before, my name is Paul Shuren. I'm an economist here at Impact Data Source, supporting our users on Impact Dashboard, which is our economic development software. Uh, in a nutshell, Impact Dashboard helps economic developers evaluate projects by translating their impacts into tax revenues for local governments. Um, so that's my work life, all about economic development project analysis. Uh, but in my free time, I am a triathlete. So that means I spend a lot of my time swimming, biking, and running. And when, I'm, and when we're not in a pan pandemic, uh, I love going to races. So uh, maybe it's just my nerdy economic development brain, but when I go to these races, I always think about how the race is generating a big benefit for the city hosting the race. I'm going to assume most people here aren't super familiar with Ironman races, so let me set the stage a little bit for you. Um, you have two to 3,000 athletes in town for the race. Uh, maybe add a couple people per athlete for their support crew, and we're talking about possibly 10,000 people. Um, the vast majority of the athletes are not local, so they're in a hotel for a long weekend from out of town. Maybe three to four days they're staying there in the, in the hotel. And they're spending money on hotels, rental cars, restaurants, shopping around town. Um, and so an Ironman race is a big economic driver. And so with that in mind, I wanted to explore this topic a little bit, tourism, events, and conventions as economic development. And so in today's episode, I have Carla Pendergraf uh, from the Waco Convention and Visitors Bureau. And Carla is the Director of Marketing. And we're going to talk to her about how she thinks about these projects, uh, about these events, I should say, um, and, and hear how we, we think about those and, and other types of events other than just racing. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Carla. All right. Thank you so much, Carla, for joining me today. Um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, give us a little introduction of who you are and what your role is with the Waco Convention and Visitors Bureau. Yes, thank you for having me on the program. Uh, Carla Pendergraft, I'm the Director of Marketing, which seems to be the catch-all, but we do film commission, we do music-friendly community uh, tasks, um, we, do, we work with any kind of convention or event planner that might be coming to Waco or thinking about Waco uh, for their future. We, our department runs the Convention Center and we run a Tourist Information Center, so we do a lot of different things, all of it having significant economic impact on the area. Nice, nice. Um, when I, so I think an interesting place to start the conversation is kind of the role that the organization has in the community 
insofar as kind of just a big broad goal, I, I was looking on the website and it kind of mentions this idea of um, marketing the community as a destination. And I mean, is that, I mean, it sounds like you've already mentioned a couple other things that, that you're doing kind of to that, but is that the main goal as you think about it? Or how do you, how do you describe that main goal of what you're doing? Sure, so we always want to follow the money. So um, heads and beds is a term or phrase in our industry that we use a lot. We want to put heads and beds uh, in our hotels because we're mainly funded by hotel motel occupancy tax. So that's a 7% city tax that uh, most of that goes into our budget. So a lot of that goes to fund the convention center because it's very expensive to run a convention center, even just to keep the lights on, it's very expensive. Yep. Um, and then the rest of it goes to marketing Waco as a destination and, and generating more room nights that then impact our budget positively. And always looking at the ripple effect of that, uh, you know, back in the, the old days, we used to use crazy multipliers, 20 to one or seven to <laughs> one, or that type. those are those pretty much died out at this point. But uh, certainly we look at the direct economic impact when, when a, an event comes to town and uses the convention center or uses another big facility, they're going to eat in our restaurants, they're, they're going to stay in our hotels, they're going to generate rental car and all the taxes that go along with each of those. So there's a pretty significant impact. And we use the convention center and our attractions are what we use to entice people to come to the destination. So um, that, that's pretty much where we are and where most CBBs are going to be is is um, overnight stays in our hotels because of how they're they're funded. Interesting. And I was I was kind of thinking about this a little bit before we we spoke today, and it's almost like there's a symbiotic relationship between um, promoting local events and and the the kind of vibrant downtown or different things that you have going on in Waco or, or really anywhere um, that the residents can enjoy. But then you know you're you're trying to get attract visitors to kind of experience that as well. So it's kind of tying those things. If, if your ultimate goal is heads and beds, it's kind of tying it back into things that residents can enjoy too. So. Absolutely. The perfect event would be one that brings in lots and lots of people from outside, but our, but our local people can come and enjoy because all of it ultimately is about quality of life, right? So why do we have heads and beds? Why, why do we have hotels and, and, and all of these amenities, well, ultimately the citizen of Waco is the one that we're trying to benefit, whether it's bringing that person jo a job or it's more things to do through a festival or it's uh, you know just events they can, they can attend. Um, we have lots and lots of conventions that have a public component. Uh, for example, our Southwest Association of Woodturners has a beautiful gallery of the artistic pieces they create on lathes. And uh, you can't believe some of the things people can make on a wood lathe, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. And they're always looking for ways to bring the local population in to see see what they create. It's it's a, a beautiful part of conventions. They're they're eager to show off what, what they do. And again, that's part of what brings better quality of life to Waco and to the towns, towns where this type of thing goes on. That's that's great. That's really cool to think about how those two things can go together mm -hmm. um, in terms of the visitors and the residents. You can sometimes think of them at odds, I guess. Um, what are some of the biggest events or attractions in Waco? I mean, I guess let's, I mean, maybe for everyone we can think about, maybe everybody in Texas knows where Waco is, but Waco is about a hundred miles south of Dallas, about a hundred miles north of Austin along I-35. The population is around 130, 140,000, I think. 
Uh, but what are some of the biggest events or attractions in Waco that you that come to come to mind when I when I say that? Well, we can't ignore the Magnolia Market at the Silos in in a in a non-COVID year, which has become the catchphrase, right? Non-COVID year, <laughs> uh, they bring about 1.6 million visitors to Waco. Oh wow! And uh, 25, 30,000 people per week is not uncommon. And what's amazing is that they're ramping back up now. So they're they're the the biggest guy in the room. Uh, and that's the, the Magnolia Market at the Silos. That's the Chip and Joanna Gaines. That, so people might be familiar. I think people are familiar with them, maybe from HGTV and stuff, right? Uh, it was the, the highest rated show on HGTV for quite a while. It's the Fixer Upper show. Um, and now they have, they have their own network. They're rebranding the DIY network to become uh, the Magnolia network in the months to come. They're streaming uh, a lot of new shows on Disney+. Plus streaming service so there's there's just a lot of things they're authors they have best-selling books uh, so they're really a popular culture phenomenon right now and uh, for those who are into popular culture they're very well known but I have met people who never heard of them so uh, <laughs> well I was, you know just from Austin I know people that are like oh I'm going up to Magnolia Market for and and you know it's it's an attraction for sure and I, even on your website, I saw there was a little intro video for Waco but recorded by them. That was that was great. So Magnolia Market. And so that's those are out of town visitors. You mentioned you said about one point six million. You're, you're confirmed like you get zip codes and stuff. So, you know, that's amazing. That's Absolutely. Great. And it's uh, there are people who might not have come to Waco before, because, as you said, Waco is very well known to Texas. Right. And Texans. Mm -hmm. They know that Baylor's here and uh, and uh, the Texas Ranger Museum, the Dr. Pepper Museum. Dr. Pepper was invented in Waco in 1885. So Waco is very well known to Texans outside of Texas. Uh, you know, maybe they know about Baylor. They think it might be in Waco. So um, not as well known. But so most of these Magnolia Market visitors are are from out of state. Um, and and probably wouldn't have thought about Waco. I ran into three ladies on my way back from lunch, and they had matching T-shirts on that said "Girls Gone Waco." Ah. <laughs> so that's a girls' trip to come to Waco, and that's definitely the biggest attraction. Um, and we're we're going. We're about we're more than halfway back to our pre-pandemic levels. Just to show you what kind of impact this has had on Waco since 2015, when they opened Magnolia Market, which is actually a two two acre complex two full city blocks with the big silos and the silos aren't used. They're just more of a, a landmark mm -hmm. uh, placemaking, um, but they, they have retail shops. They have a repurposed church that they've built there with a ball field. You can play for free, very family oriented. All of this is free to walk into, although you might drop some coin after you go to the store. So uh, lots and lots of things to buy there from t-shirts to candles, things like that. That's so, um, but they're, they're, um, in Waco, we've seen many. We've been. We've seen about a thousand hotel rooms built since 2015, and even during the pandemic, four new hotels opened in the last year, all during COVID. Wow. And we have heard some preliminary statistics that say Waco has the highest hotel occupancy in the state of Texas for first quarter of 2021. Wow. So uh, we're well on our way to recovery. We think that it's just going to be a blockbuster summer for us and that is largely due to the tourism generated by this one huge attraction it's known worldwide we have people from australia new zealand britain wherever all over the world it's a popular show and you kind of have to look at why because the why of it it shows you what kind of visitor you're getting 
They have an emphasis on home and family. And these are some of these values that people want to get, get back to. There's a beautiful Danish uh, concept called hygge. I think I'm saying it right. <laughs> uh, that means coziness, you know, your pajamas in front of a fire, that's hygge. Mm -hmm. People are looking for that concept for their home and their family. And especially, this was before COVID that this started, that you saw that trend to loving your home and making your home a beautiful place that you like to come home to. And that is what Chip and Joanna Gaines main values are about. And I just think that they just represent something as years and years ago, Mayberry represented a certain type of America that may have been there, may not have been there, but that's people sought that out as well. And it, it had to do with what we saw on, on the screen. Wow. Well, that sounds like a, a great asset there in terms of Magnolia Market. And I was going to talk about some of the numbers. So as, as the big nerd uh, I, on your website, I was looking, I, first thing I clicked on was the tourism statistics. And I thought oh, it was really cool. You had... Um, like I was looking in a typical March, you know, you would have 350,000 visitors or something. Last year, of course, that was kind of where things were starting to go haywire with the, the pandemic. And so you had about 125,000 last year, like half of what you would normally have. And then April, it was a, a big zero. And it was, you know, you had some visitors throughout the remainder of the year, but it was, it was much, much lower. I think I was looking at it, it showed normally there's about 2.5 million um, visitors. Last year, there was only about a million, so only 40%. Um, the hotel occupancy last year, of course, dipped a ton. But then just as you mentioned, I noticed it was already back up, uh, you know, 80% uh, hotel occupancy, and that was higher than the state of Texas kind of overall average. So Absolutely. it sounds like um, things are returning, but I guess what last year, was it kind of just treading water or what was what was it like last year and and then if you can talk a little bit about how things are looking now for 2021 yeah we we want to just forget 2020 ever happened but so most of our attractions actually physically closed so they they weren't accepting visitors and then um you know when kind of the lockdown happened and even texas was locked down to a great extent people just stopped traveling and and well they should you know uh it just wasn't really safe to travel for so much of the year and we forget how far we've come already right uh, so many people now have gotten vaccinated and we've just seen it in lockstep as more people get vaccinated the higher our tourism numbers go so we're just uh but it was a ghost town we weren't used to it uh, when I came here 31 years ago, Waco was a much smaller town and uh, you could drive down, especially when Baylor had let out for Christmas or whatever, and there wouldn't be a lot of people out and, uh, I don't know, closed up buildings and things downtown. Yeah. And uh, if you could just see the vibrancy and people who haven't been to Waco in a while, they come and they look at our downtown and they just, they cannot believe it. There's just <laughs> cute little restaurants and lots of shops. A lot of them are riffing off of the Chip and Joanna Gaines phenomenon. So you see a lot of home decor, a lot of antiques and, and things like that. Um, but it's it's amazing. It's a testament to the power of a really good tourist tourist attraction in bringing people to your town. And a lot of it was, we can't say it was because we were geniuses. We just had some good luck and we were in we were definitely due for some good luck in Waco. So uh, that's all I'll say about that. But, uh, you know, it's it's been amazing to see and things are bustling. 
and you can tell demographically that who is visitor who is a visitor and who is not so the visitors dress in a certain way uh, they tend to dress a little bit more upscale or they have the matching t-shirts uh, a lot of women because uh, women tend to be this is going to be sexist women and men do visit magnolia market but i would say in general um more women do and yeah. uh of all ages, we have a couple of different demographics of people. So you'll see them downtown with their groaning shopping bags, you know, <laughs> full of things they've bought. And and uh, our, our main thing on the economic side is just trying to entice them to look at more than just Magnolia Market. So they're there for Magnolia, but we definitely want to show off the rest of the town too. Uh, Waco is more than Magnolia yeah. and we owe Magnolia a, a good debt, but um, we also want to show off that there's so much more to to Waco than just that beautiful neighborhoods and um, locally owned restaurants and shops and things like that, that we want them to also visit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about kind of those maybe the, the more maybe business visitors who are coming in and like maybe they're coming in for a convention or something when I guess when organizers are they might reach out to you and, and kind of look for assistance or the, the Convention Visitors Bureau in generally. Um, what kinds of things can you do helping coordinate those? And like, are there, maybe if it's a festival, they need help with permits, maybe? Is that the type of thing that you're gonna be able to help, um, you know, event organizers or even, you know, conference organizers with? Absolutely. So it's funny because some we love being part of our convention center. In fact, our offices are in the Waco Convention Center, because a lot of times if you're an event planner and you're not, um, you're not a, you're a volunteer, you're not a quote professional or paid, <laughs> the first thing you think of is the big building that you need to have the event in. So a lot of times we'll get call-ins or walk-ins and asking about specific dates. And, and our folks are trained to ask, well, do you need hotel rooms? And you can recognize by the name District and County Clerks Association of Texas or um, State Association of Firefighter, Firefighters of Texas or whatever. You can, you can tell by what they ask that it is a convention and they know to to push that back to the sales force here. So then we'll look at the gamut of their needs and everyone is different. Some of them might want offsite events. So we'll talk about our new top golf for team building or um, maybe a night out at the Texas Ranger Museum where they rent out the museum and they have a banquet there. Uh, and it's just, you just try to meet them where their needs are. Uh, golf tournaments are really common. So we need to be familiar with all the, the golf courses in the area and uh, just after hours entertainment, whether it's ax throwing or it's a, a specialty restaurant that has a banquet room, all of those things are things, we just think of ourselves as sort of a travel agent for the area, you know, yeah. so, and for big groups. So uh, every group is different. Some are very, very um, much more hands-on that they need a lot of help. If they haven't done this before than other groups. We have a, a probably about 65% of our clientele that comes back every year. So they'll just say, hey, Carl, it's the same as last year. And we just pull out our old drawings and, and um, put the plan in action. So uh, it, it could be just anything. But then we also work with uh, film. And film would be a production company that wants to come in the area. Maybe they, they need a street closed off. They need city services for that. You know, there's a lot of logistics that go into a big shoot like that. So we help them with the permitting process. We make sure the right departments know uh, police departments and streets. We work with our parks and rec department on a lot of that. They they handle actually quite a lot of that process, but we're the front end folks that will give a tour to uh, a producer or, or director, whoever wants to come to the, to the area to actually scout it out. 
usually they have a reason for wanting to shoot here. They, they uh, have seen a building from the highway or they know of something at Baylor or they've seen us on the Texas Film Commission database. We have some photographs in there and we work very closely with the state of Texas on that. Uh, then on the music office side, we, we maintain the database of um, musical services in Waco, uh, musicians and bands and uh, musical educators, venues, all of that. So, you know, a lot of what CVBs do is curate. So we curate music, we curate for the film, uh, you know, film locations database, we curate restaurants for the visitor and we curate hotels. So we're, we're, we're discerning because really Google has everything that you need, but how do you do a Google search when you're trying to book a convention and get what you need? Yeah. It has everything on there, but how do you discern? How do you, how do you really find what you're looking for? Well, you kind of need a person in there. <laughs> you really do for something that big. So that's the role that we fill. And that's why what we do really can't be automated. Thank goodness. <laughs> Well, that's great. That's another thing. I, I really liked your website, the Heart of Texas and the branding all around that or the, the Waco Heart of Texas, um, I thought um, was really nice. And, and just like you said, you kind of really pull all the information together there that you need um, at that local level. Um, you know, as I mentioned, when we kind of were organizing this, I was thinking about the whole idea uh, about diving into this was Kind of the uh, the the triathlon, the Ironman. That uh, there, there's kind of been a half Ironman in Waco for a couple of years now, and now they're just adding a a full Ironman kind of on that same weekend. And just all of the impacts that when I attend these races, I I just think about you know everybody's got a hotel for a couple nights, everybody's you know eating at restaurants and that sort of thing. And Waco seems like a great place for that. And I guess that's the you know you said it already with the heads and beds. So. Um, I guess that's kind of the main metric that you're thinking about with these types of events. They really kind of, uh, they can, starts with heads and beds and then, you know, all the spending everywhere else that they'll do. And they just, I guess, the exposure to the city. Absolutely. Uh, and it's interesting to think of how many people may come for a marathon or a triathlon or whatever, and then, and they own a business or they think about starting a business there. How many times have you visited a place and just thought, man, I'd love to live here. I'd love to bring my kid for um, uh, school uh, school mm -hmm. here at Baylor or whatever. You just never know where those connections were, will take place in people's brains. We just know if we give them a good experience and, and that's part of the CVB's job is to work with local organizers to enhance that experience any way we can. Then we feel like they'll come back either as a visitor or maybe a residence, maybe as an entrepreneur. And uh, so that's all just part of creating that good experience. And we just try to facilitate wherever we can. And like I said, every event is different. Some Ironman is so professional. I mean, they just <laughs> come in and it's just sort of, they just bring their event and put it there, you know, but uh, we work a lot with the hotel room side of events like that and just make sure, hey, they're needing more rooms on this night or they have some VIPs coming in that night. Does anybody have any hotel rooms? And so we we scout some of that stuff. Well, that's great. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining me on, on the Economic Development Secrets podcast. I really appreciate you spending the time with me and sharing your insights. Thanks so much, Carl. You bet. Bye-bye. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. For more information on this podcast or to listen to past episodes, check out www.impactdatasource.com.